you don't set a business up to then fail within three months. You're in it to deliver and you're in it for the long haul. And that's very much the same with marathon training. It's, it's, it's a long slog. And the reward is obviously race day and getting to that start line and, and finishing. Hello and welcome to Run the Business, the podcast that explores the place where running and leadership come together. We'll find out how running can help us with leading, managing people and generally being better in business. We also try to answer that question, do runners make better leaders? I'm Anthony Gay and today I'm joined by a CEO whose interest in the link between running and business sparked the inspiration for her to write a blog post about it, which I'm keen to delve into even further during our chat today. She's the CEO and founder of Interactive Media Services in the UK, a company that supports businesses and organizations with office management, planning, marketing, and brand identity, amongst other services. Sophie Ryan, welcome to Run the Business. Hello, thank you for having me. How are you today, Sophie? I'm good, thank you. I'm feeling a little bit, um, I have the January blues. But I think quite a lot of people do at the moment. But, you know, I can't complain. You know, it's personal problems. Tell us whereabouts in the world you are first. Uh, I'm in Buckinghamshire, so just an hour outside London. And a question that we always start with on Run the Business, when did you last go running? Do you know what? It's been a while. I did my, I did two miles, just two miles yesterday. I've got a broken toe. So I am struggling getting back into it. My last proper running session was in October when I did my first full marathon and I've not really done much since I have to be honest I'm, I'm beating myself up about it daily believe me well you, you're a bit injured at the moment so it, it's okay don't beat yourself yeah. up uh, tell, yeah. us, tell us about the marathon which one was it it was the Runfest marathon in Richmond I couldn't get into London I kind of wanted to do London but at the same time I think I would have felt a bit claustrophobic with having that many people run with me I, I run by myself when I train so I'm used to sort of running solo mm-hmm. but yes it was in Richmond it was a nice flat course I don't tend to do hills I, I struggle with my knees on hills that's my excuse anyway and um, yeah no it's good it was perfect weather conditions as well it, it was good and did you hit the wall how did it feel for you no, I didn't actually. I read obviously all about that and I was sort of nervous about that side of things. I do tend to struggle with sort of indigestion issues and I got quite bad heartburn very early on, like within the first five miles, which meant the rest of the run was quite difficult in that sense. But everything else was fine in terms of, you know, body aches and pains. That was all fine. It was the heartburn that was kind of throwing me a bit. But, you know, you just... You know, head down, feet forward, listen to some podcasts and music, and I just, you know, crack on and get on with it, sort of thing. Did you finish at where and how you wanted to? So my target was sub four, and I finished at four o two. I fell down and injured my knee at at mile thirty one. Oh, twenty one. Sorry, mile twenty one. I think it was. So the last four or five miles was. I was hobbling. But yes, 402, a respectable 402. But you did it. Congratulations. Well done. Thank you. And do you have another one in the, uh, you know, in the pipeline? I have a half in March and now I'm just trying to wrap myself back up for that. But, you know, these frosty conditions and a broken toe don't help. But, you know, I, I need to I need to focus. Yeah, you're right. We need to be super careful in, in the current weather, certainly in the UK, um, which mm. uh, which we've got. Not, not good for, for running. Uh, tell us a bit about your business, Interactive Media Services, and and what you do there. 
So my background is actually corporate. I used to be a retail buyer for Mothercare, Arcadia and Tesco. And since having children, my husband works away a lot um, in his industry. So since having children, I retrained to be a bookkeeper and support our our business together. And then have been doing some VA work most recently over the, over recent years, over the last two or three years. And it's basically supporting anybody in the creative sector. So with their marketing, their um, digital email campaigns, websites, branding, bringing together that creative background for my previous career and then traditional skills, EA skills, such as, you know, diary support, admin support, invoicing and POs. And it's creative and it's supporting various industries across interior designers, property developers, brand consultancy firms, that type of thing. And it's really offering clients some additional business support. And in addition to that, actually, we've recently introduced some some wellness strategies to offer clients a more of a holistic, well-rounded service so they have the support both in business and mentally and physically so that they can then use that time to, to put back into the business once they feel, I don't know about you, but once you feel more rested after having a, a workout or something, you you know, you kind of, you feel very inspired to get on with other things. So I thought that by offering some wellness sessions into our strategy for clients, it might help them be a bit more focused with their aims as well. So we're now offering some wellness strategy sessions by offering mindfulness and yoga to our clients. You must have seen lots of leaders in you know the industry, the industries that you've worked in before and, and the people you work with now. What do you think makes a good leader? I think it's definitely somebody who's um, very good with people. I think you, you can be very experienced at your job and you can know your job inside out and be an expert in it. But ultimately, if you alienate the team around you, you're not going to succeed because they help drive you and your business in the direction that you want it to take to go in. So I think a good leader is somebody who really does understand their team around them and supports them. This podcast is all about how running might help people in business and and in leadership. How does running help you be better in in your work? You mentioned the mindfulness and and how that Mm. kind of is is coming through in uh, your business as well. Where does it sit for you and, and what benefits do you get from running? I mean, I tend to run in the mornings. I can't do evening runs. I'm I'm completely wiped by the evening. But I do tend to find that when I am stressed or something, if I go out for, even if it's a quick sprint or something, it's just that whole surge of energy you get from running. You feel much more motivated when you come back. You don't feel so sluggish sitting at your desk all day. And I do think it really does help reframe the mind and refocuses you to to get on with with the day ahead so I, I do think there's, there's tremendous benefits in in running and you know not not just running it can be any form of exercise whatever motivates you as an individual so there's definitely something to be said about moving the body getting those all the blood and the circulation going and all the endorphins going so that you can hit the rest of the day with much more energy than if you were just to sit down and be um, at the desk all day and why do you think wellness well-being is so important these days for for businesses to include in their approach for obvious reasons obviously since covid there's there's been a massive shift obviously with that and um for the first time in a long time employees have got more power over employers um in terms of them saying that they want to have a better work-life balance working from home or whatever it might be and i think employers now need to to listen to that now and you know lots of companies are offering more support when it comes to mindfulness and and exercise and, and having that balance. So I think there's definitely something to be said about that. And 
And obviously, I think from COVID, it has just reminded us all that actually there is life outside of the office and we shouldn't be afraid to prioritise that as much as we can do as well. I was doing some work for a CEO in London who was, you know, very senior, operating a very successful, huge business. And he he still found time to prioritise looking after his health and going to the gym on a weekly basis. And I tend to think sometimes when I'm feeling a bit snowed under with work, I, t- I tend to think, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And everybody else can as well. And it's 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 installing healthy habits so that we look after ourselves physically as well as obviously in business and mentally as well. Does that thing work-life balance still exist? Is that a term that, that you use? Because it feels like these days, maybe that balance, it's, it's sort of more intertwined for some people. And then for other people, it's about putting quite rigid barriers down to separate, you know, this is work and mm. this is me doing something else, whether it's running or I don't know, art or playing music or something. What, what's your take on how we use our time and how we prioritise that time? I do think, like you say, it's definitely an expression, the work-life balance that's thrown around a lot. And for me, for instance, how I prioritise that is I'm I'm very strict with my diary and this will be part of the VA coming out of me and part of my OCD where my diary is completely meticulously planned to the minute. So everything that's, that's work-related is a certain colour. Anything that's personal is another colour, as in anything to do with the children and that type of thing. And then anything that's critical... And I put my running into this category as well. Anything that's critical and things like meetings and running for me is a different colour as well. And that's how I segregate and be able to switch off mentally and think to myself, right, well, I've I've done this task. That one's done. I'm now onto the other task. And I can see visually in my calendar that this is the time dedicated for this. And that's how I focus my time. There's something uh, hugely satisfying because I think I'm in a similar a similar kind of person to you, but satisfying when you are able to tick stuff off and, and you get that that sense of achievement. However small the thing, uh, completing a task, it's it's a hit of endorphin, isn't it, to your to your brain that gives you that sense of uh, achievement and success. Absolutely, and I, you know, I, like you say, I mean, I love a list. There's nothing better than ticking things off of it. And interestingly, at the minute, I'm also reading the book, The um, the Chimp Paradox. I'm halfway through, but it's very much, I mean, it's obviously a very well-known book and many people have read it. I'm sure lots of your listeners have. But, um, it, you know, it's very interesting, basically, around how the human brain and the, the chimp brain interact with each other and how if you do want to go out and do a run, that's your human brain telling you you want to. But if you end up, which is been very much me recently with the injury and the weather I talk myself out of it and think oh I haven't had enough sleep or I haven't done this or I'm not feeling up for it that's the chimp hijacking you and there's a lot to be said about discipline but I do find generally speaking I mean I've gone off topic slightly but generally speaking for me what works is when I diarise everything and colour code it accordingly that really helps me switch from one one mindset to another and then I get out there and and put my trainers on, basically. But you know, it's it's different strokes for different folks. That what that's what works for me. You know, it might be something completely different for for anybody else. And that's so true, isn't it? Recognizing those different approaches for different yeah. people. We're all unique, and uh, you know, we will all benefit from uh, st- different strategies to to get to where we want to be. Uh, 
you, I want to talk about this blog that you wrote because you published it actually on my birthday, which is why it sticks <laughs> in, in my mind. Uh, you wrote a blog about the direct parallels between the way you approach running and the way you approach work. Mm. And there were six points, which I'd love to talk through. But what, what made you write that blog and and what were your takeaways from that? Well, initially, when I was writing it, I did think, oh, who's who's going to be interested in this? You know, this is just my view on business and, and running. And obviously, running isn't for everybody, but I can only talk from my experience and from my passion, which is obviously the running. But there's a lot to be said about training for a marathon. So, so my training started in January last year, and the marathon was in October. And there's a lot to be said about training for a marathon and running a business and setting a business up you know and like I alluded to in, in the blog you're not in it for the short haul so in business you, you don't set a business up to then fail within three months and to fold the business you're in it to to obviously strive and deliver and you're in it for the long haul which is what the the blog is about and and that's very much the same with marathon training you know you do your your steady runs your slow runs you build the mileage up week on week you do interval training and Fart look, running all these different types of things which might be new to you as a runner, but it's 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 a long slog, and the reward is obviously race day and getting to that start line and and finishing. It is a long slog, and there's so much in the world today which is about instant gratification, isn't there? And people wanting stuff now, mm. and, and I think you've you've touched upon something there uh, that is a definite thing between running and and running a business. Uh, and, and you took, you, I mean, it was the third of your points, I think, perseverance. Mm. This stuff does not happen straight away. You have to keep going. You have to keep, in some in some scenarios, repeating the same thing, the same process to to, to continue to move forward. How, how does, and let's pick on that one to begin with, perseverance come through for you? What, how, how do you persevere in, in the work that you do? For me, it's probably just having the end goal in sight and working towards what you want to deliver and delivering good service for our clients. Mm -hmm. um, nobody likes to go to work to do a bad job. And I think also coming from a very corporate background, you know, it's a very professional career previously with, with buying and it's very corporate. So I think that's put me in, in good stead with understanding work, having a strong work ethic and delivering with good service in terms of perseverance for running and things or any other activities I mean for me it I I had a a running coach and it's not to say that I necessarily need to be accountable to somebody because I don't have a business coach I don't have a business coach but I felt with running that a I've never done a marathon before so I wanted some professional insight into how to build up slowly and safely as well because you could go out and then add another five miles on week on week and then have an injury so I wanted that expert advice but I, I felt that having that coach helped me persevere on the data and I just couldn't I couldn't face it and I knew that because I was accountable to someone and quite honestly I was paying someone mm. so that in itself made me get out and and do it and even on holidays so we've we've went to Cyprus and Venice and each time I'd be at the gym running around and putting my miles in and that was the that was perseverance for me. It's it's getting out there and doing it no matter what. And and there were you know it's worth us probably running through all those points that you mentioned. You, you talked about yeah. perseverance, dedication, commitment, 
mm-hmm. endurance, strength, and determination. Six things which feature in successful uh, successful running of a business and uh, getting out there running as well. So, uh, yeah, perseverance mm-hmm. and, and sticking at it. It's so easy, isn't it, to to give up at the first hurdle? Yes, and and it's interesting because I don't have a running coach now, and I can see already that I have allowed myself to think, oh well, I've done the I've done the mouth, and I, I'm allowed to have some time off. But actually, I shouldn't have done that. I sh- I should carry on. So the minute my my toe is better, I'm I'm getting back out there, and I'll be booking in some other marathons. I think having goals definitely helps. So again, whether that's in running or in business. It gives you something to aim for. And I also think by having those goals published, so whether you write it down just in your for yourself or whether you put it out there on social media, again, you become accountable and you want to obviously make sure you hit those goals because you've put them there for yourself or for other people to see. And you you know, you need to deliver on that. So I do think by publishing your your goals definitely does help towards um, the commitment and the dedication and and aiming for something. Absolutely. And as you were training for the marathon, um, you know, you mentioned you started in January. The marathon was in October. Did you find, you know, benefits like, I mean, you talk about endurance and strength. Did you find that you were you were growing in those traits and and that was transferring into other parts of your life? I mean, did 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 you feel like 2022 was really tough because of all the training you had to do or did you feel like you you sort of became a slightly different person because of that training uh no um I actually very much enjoyed 2022 from a business stance point you know I felt very very proud that I was able to to do all of these things and do all of the deliverables that I needed to do for the business and for my for our clients and also fit in the 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 training that was required and then obviously also to fit in family um, commitments as well. So I felt very proud that I was able to accomplish all of those things. And and also to to remind you as well that doing this all pretty much single-handedly is because my husband does work away most of the time. So it was just myself with the, with the children, just myself with business. So in that side, I felt very pleased and proud that I was able to deliver on those things. I think from a from a running perspective in particular, the strength definitely came from having physical strength, definitely came from having the two PT sessions a week as well. Because again, on the days when you did feel like you didn't want to do any running, I could then just mentally remind myself and say, well, I've done two PT sessions. I know I can physically do it. It's all in the head. Crack on and stop being an idiot, basically. And those those are sometimes, those are some of the battles I'd have in my mind when I was running. But otherwise, I actually just very much enjoyed it. I love being outside. I love listening to the music and the, and listening to podcasts, and it's and it's an escape from being pulled in the many directions I'm pulled out when I'm in business or with the children. You mentioned commitment as a thing as well, and an important thing in both running and business. Where does your commitment come from? How do you commit to the marathon? Why did you commit to the marathon? And and how are you committed in, into business? Where does that come from in your life? I've always had a very strong work ethic. I've never I've never gone and done a job where I've felt like I haven't wanted to be in it for the long haul. And I think definitely like I've touched on before, you don't go into business and set something up only to fold the company within a matter of months. So the commitment has always been there. And that's with, with personal friendships and commitments as well as business commitments. And obviously now more recently into 
into physical commitment. So that, that's that's just some that's just who I am. You know, I, I I commit to to what I say I'm going to do. And again, by publishing it and making it known that that's what I want to do also helps. Before I did the full marathon, I did two halves, both of which were for charity. My first half was in what was the first lockdown? That was 2020. So my first half was in 2020. It was obviously meant to be an in-person one. It was my very first half and ended up being virtual and ended up being just myself on my normal training route. So you don't have that momentum of the crowd to carry you through. But again, in, in the personality that I have, it was, well, I've committed to this, I'm going to do it. And I'd also raised lots of money for charity. And obviously, you don't want to let people down. It, it, that's not who I am. So, you know, that, that's, that was very important for me as well. And then the second half was the year after, again, for charity as well. Did your friends uh, and colleagues at work, did they notice a difference in you? Did that, you know, did, how did they react to the, the year of your, your marathon? Is it something you talked about much? It, it might vary. I, I would probably talk about it with somebody like yourself, you know, somebody who's really into running. Otherwise, I think people probably got bored of me talking about it all the time. But, um, that, you know, there, there weren't any real great <laughs> differences in myself. Just the fact that, you know, you do feel so energised and pleased and focused and happy when, when you're doing something like this. I mean, at the moment, I feel a little, you know, like I said, I'm beating myself up a little bit for not doing anything more recently. So, yes, yeah, so there wasn't a huge, no, there wasn't a huge change in behaviour. It was just... Um, it's just something that you you like to share with people and, and be proud of. You mentioned music as being something that and podcasts something that helps you. What what sort of stuff are you listening to when you uh, when you go out? Music wise, oh, just just anything with a good beat. A bit of nostalgic songs as well for me. Podcasts, I do like Diary of a CEO. I have to admit, I listen to that one quite a lot. So that that one carries me through. And you know, I I had a good playlist for the marathon, and I actually. I didn't end up listening to half of it randomly. I don't know why. I can't quite remember. I think I mainly listen to a good podcast and getting lost in a story, you know, getting lost in conversation. And do you, I mean, on that point, if, if from a piece of music, if, if there's a uh, any piece of music that could be playing at the start of a, of a marathon or a big run for you? Oh, God, you're putting <laughs> what, me under pressure. What would that song be? What, what would be the song that could come on and you would be, it would make you totally pumped up for whatever that, that event is? Oh God, I, don't, I can't think. You completely put me on under pressure. Well, you, um, we, we, I'll ask you again at the end, and yeah, ask me again at the end. I need to hold on. I'll need to go through my playlist. That would help. I can probably access it here. Let's come back to that one, and I'll, I'll we'll, search my playlist. We'll, we'll come back to that one. I want to talk a little bit more about leadership, and and you know, you mentioned the different leaders and people that you've worked with over the years, and and obviously, you know, you're a leader yourself in the in the work that you do. Who inspires you in leadership? Is is there anybody? Uh, maybe somebody that you haven't worked with that, that you think is a, a great inspiration for you? I could say all of the possible cliche names of very, very famous CEOs, Richard Branson and people like that. And, you know, of course, without a doubt, they wouldn't be where they are without being great leaders. But on a personal note, it's, it is actually those closest to me. And one is my husband and one is my father. My husband set up his business. He's had many tough challenges with it and he's a very good people person and he wouldn't be where he is today without that people element like I touched on before you could be a very good at what you do but if you're not a good people person then you could you know your business could still possibly fold because you know you've alienated everybody and he's just very good at that and whenever I'm struggling or challenging with anything that might come up from a personnel perspective with work 
I speak with him and my father because he's taught me everything from from day one about uh, a strong work ethic and that type of thing. So it might not be the answer you're looking for, but but they're very inspirational for me. And as a side note, like I say, I, I love listen, listening to the diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. I think it's it's good fun. I think they're great answers, and and sometimes I think in when we have those inspirational people, like you mentioned, like your father, when you have a challenge or a problem, sometimes you I don't know about you, but you can find yourself going, oh, what what would dad do? What would dad think here? Or or what would that person uh, think mm. in this situation? Uh, was was there a specific thing you mentioned? His people skills are, are, are fantastic. Was there a specific lesson or something kind of tangible that that he taught you that you, you you carry with you? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It is mainly just how you how you interact with others, how you delegate, how you lead, and how you work with different types of personalities and things. And in his industry, in particular, it's you know very cutthroat, and he always describes it as the mafia. So I always think, well, if he can if he can work with those kind of people, then I can certainly I can certainly try my best in my industry. So, yeah. And in the world of running, I know it's less sort of in the public spotlight, but is there any are there any runners that uh, you look up to or have inspired you uh, to, to to do more running? Because we we haven't really answered that question as, as to why you decided to do that marathon in the first place okay so the, there's two questions there in terms of who I look up to to be honest it's anybody it doesn't again it's not anybody necessarily famous but it's anybody who commits to doing those long distance running whether it's you know a marathon an ultra or whatever because I just find that it's so inspirational to be able to commit to something and again, it's not just the race and the day itself, the four or five hours or whatever the time might be. It's, it's the, everything leading up to it. So I just find it hugely inspirational. So again, it's nobody nobody famous in particular, but I met with somebody more recently just before Christmas and he has done several marathons in some ridiculous time, like two and a half hours. And I just find that absolutely insane. And I just find that very motivational. And in terms of those those extreme runners there are some crazy uh achievements aren't there out there of of you know whether it's up mountains or through forests i was reading about one uh, i don't know if you've seen mm. this one the other day uh which i i hadn't come across but a 200 mile ultramarathon that's up and down a tunnel uh this, this is this is in i think it's in bath in in uh, england and you basically do it over a weekend, just up and down a, a, a an old railway tunnel. I mean, stuff like that is just crazy. That it's not just about having the physical ability to do something like that. The mental capacity to do some of these huge runs is such a big factor, isn't it? That's absolutely right. It's it's not so much the physical because actually your body can do pretty much your body can do pretty much anything if you think about it. It's the mind that tells you to quit before your body does. And I had also watched something recently um, on Netflix called The Human Playground. And there was one episode or one section, which was about an ultra marathon, which was across the Sahara Desert, which is just insane. And like you say, you're doing all of these different types. You know, I, here I am doing just a nice flat run in London, but there's people doing it out there in all of these different types of conditions, which is just mind blowing. But again, it's it's the mind that tells you not to do it, not 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 the body. The body can pretty much do most things, if you're fueled for it, if you're prepared for it, if you're strong for it, if you're well rested, you know, we can do these things. It's, it's the mind that tells us not to. 
But going back to your other previous question about how I started running, I'm not naturally into fitness. So my background, like I said, I, um, you know, desk job, corporate, I used to be a buyer. And even as a child, I wasn't necessarily into fitness. I just did what I had to do with school. And I was at home one day with the children. My youngest was two. And I simply couldn't be bothered to move and to play and engage with them. And I just thought that wasn't good enough. And my husband came home from work and I just said, see ya, I'm going out, doing a run. He was like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? You don't do running. And I didn't have any of the gear at all. I had no watch, no headphones, no, no um, running trainers. I just put, I put some high tops on. I thought, I don't care, I need to get out. And I've not looked back since. And that was about three years ago, maybe four. That's such an inspiring story because I know there'll be people listening to this that, that maybe are in a similar position, not runners yet, but they're curious about this podcast. And I think one thing I've talked to people about a lot and, and said to people is exactly what you've just described. To be a runner, you just literally have to get out there and, and go and run. You don't need the gear. You don't need to be in a stunning location. Or, mm-hmm. It's just about getting out onto the street and just going a bit quicker than you would yeah. normally. And you don't have to go far to begin with. Absolutely. It's a very natural sport, isn't it? You know, we've learned it from day one. And like I said, this wasn't my background at all. The, the only thing I ever used to run towards is the fridge. I love my food. But um, I just thought this wasn't good enough. I need to set an example for the children and get out there and start running. And like I said, I've not, I've not looked back since. So, you know several hundred of pounds later on, on new trainers, several hundreds of pounds later on a running coach. And, you know, I'm, I'm well and truly hooked. Fantastic. You mentioned your running and some of the things, runs you do near you. Tell us a bit more about that and, and um, paint us a picture of, uh, of a run near you that you enjoy doing on a regular basis. Okay, so it's absolutely beautiful here. So I am in Ivanhoe Aston, which is this very, very tiny village um, near Twing which is sort of in, in the Buckinghamshire, Hertfordshire border. And it's just breathtaking. There's lots of lovely views of, of beacons, of, of streams, of little valleys and things. It's absolutely beautiful. I do genuinely feel that I don't think I would have continued running if I'd started it in lockdown, if I was in London with lots of hustle and bustle and streets. It's, you know, I, I like to have good scenery around me and, and, you know, it certainly does help whether it's a, I know I've not run recently because it's frosty, but generally speaking, if I didn't have an injury, I, I, I do like to get out when, it, when it's frosty out, when it's, when it, or even when it's boiling hot and sunshine. I, I was doing some of my height of my training, 20 miles, when we had that heat wave last summer and it was 40 degrees. Was it 40 degrees? Maybe not it that was, high. It was hot, maybe it was, yeah. Maybe it's, yes. So yes, I, I, I love all, all, all types of conditions, but yes, it, it's, it's lovely here. It's lots of countryside, lots of, lots of stunning views. And quite often I'm always stopping to take photos. And and likewise, when I was in Venice and Cyprus, it was a great place to photograph as well. Did you manage to get any runs in when you were in the Venice and Cyprus? Yep, absolutely. I was um, height of my training then still. So I, I definitely squeezed in what I could and um, made sure I got all my mileage in. And actually, I never missed a single training session. Throughout the whole nine, ten months of training, not a single session was missed, regardless of how I felt. So... I think that also plays into bringing, bringing back to the blog about the dedication and the perseverance and that attitude of just basically, um, you know, this was another thing that I learned when I was had my corporate career. It's basically a JFDI and I'll let you fill in the blanks because I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. But yeah, you just, you just get out and do it. That's a favourite phrase of a colleague of mine. Uh, yeah. So I know exactly what you mean. And Venice, yeah. actually, <laughs> I must mention, I, I was lucky enough to be in Venice years ago and I, I remember 
going out really early in the morning before anybody was really up and about and the shops were they were just starting to kind of you know turn up and clean out the front and I remember running aimlessly um, around the streets of Venice one of my favorite runs that I can still recall in my mind because I, I I went out running and at that point I don't think I had a you know a watch uh, definitely not a fancy watch and I just mm explored and I just was doing my run but just do I go left here or do I go right and do mm. I go left and just kept going and eventually like yeah eventually came out at the at the sea uh unintentionally and it was just mind-blowing um so mm. yeah wonderful place to to run before it gets busy uh because yes I, what- absolutely you can't do it when it's busy at all I mean I hope we, we've actually just come back from a family holiday in Cuba and I'd wanted to do a run on the beach I've not run on the sand before I've, I've always thought it'd be quite um challenging but then I obviously broke my toe and I, I couldn't do anything. But, you know, running around the world is also quite a nice, it has quite a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Awesome way to see places. And I've said this a lot. If you are in a, another country or a different city for, for you know, any length of time, it's it's a great way to get around, uh, you know, do it safely and, and make sure you, you, mm. you kind of have a gist of where you're going. But it's a great way to explore uh, places and, and, and different areas. Uh, running aside, can you name a, a business tool, an app, uh, something that you couldn't do without from your from your business side of your life? So, in terms of time management, I am a fan of of Gmail and um, Google Calendar. So, like I say, I meticulously plan everything and color coordinate everything there. In terms of other tools that we use within the business, I mean, there's plenty. If, if it's bookkeeping, it's it's zero and Sage and all of the accountancy software. And it's, it's any of our design tools for any of our creative clients. It's Photoshop and Illustrator, which are which are fabulous tools as well. Um, it, it, you know, it really does depend depend on the client, but you know, those are a few of our favourites. And then, obviously, in terms of communications, it's it's things you know, all, all the usual ones that we're all using nowadays. You know, Zoom and Teams. You can't go wrong with those. Is there anything hot in your space that's coming through? Some some you know new things that you're seeing that that you think might be bigger this year. Uh, we've recently been using a lot more than than previously um, a software called Notion, which is great, basically a great piece of software where you just you can upload all types of things there, whether it's like your to do lists, your targets for the year. You can upload documents on there and media. Uh, you know, it's not just for anything written. Uh, you know, it's quite similar to Trello in that sense, but you can just add more information to it. You can add videos and things, and it's a great collaboration tool. And you can invite people onto that workspace as well. So, so Notion and Trello are good. Business aside, what's your favourite bit of running kit or accessory that you can't do without? Uh, definitely my watch and headphones. You can mention brand names. So, so what's what's your? Uh, what- oh, uh, so my watches, my watches are Garmin, yep. and my headphones are Aftershock. Okay, and and they do the business for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's other there's other pieces out there, but again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. It does the job for me. And to be, to be honest, if it was any of those heavier watches, you know, I'd probably, you know, you know, it's, it's what's comfortable for you on the day. Don't forget, you're, you're wearing it a long time, so you need to be comfortable with it. But there's some chunky gear out there, isn't there? These yeah, days. definitely. What advice would you give to anybody uh, who's listening to this in a, in a business or a leadership role, considering getting more active and specifically taking up running? I think you did sum it up earlier perfectly in in uh, why you were motivated to get into it. But how would you how would you give somebody else that that energy to do it? Yeah, I would just say yeah, you just got to go out there and give it a go, and you you will never regret trying. You know, you will always regret 
not having dipped your toe in the water or tried something. You may not like it, but you will never regret having tried it. And whether that's in business or in or in running, um, you know that you know life is full of regrets. And I think that you need to just get out there and, and do it. And with reference to the chimp paradox book, you know you don't let the chimp hijack you, and just just go out there and don't let your mind talk you out of something. Great advice, Sophie. You're on the start line of your next race, um, and a song comes on, and it's the song that you love and it's going to get you going for that particular run what is it what's the song oh you asked me again and i haven't found it on my playlist (laughs) it is hold on i'm going to search very very quickly now for you a very random one which people probably won't connect with uh uh, proud mary tina turner proud mary tina turner yeah i'll let people imagine that playing in their mind they can stick it on if they want uh and you're off and all the best with that next run Thank you so much for uh, chatting to us on Run the Business. Uh, it's been great to hear your story and, and what you're doing with, with business and your running as well. Thank you so much for your time. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Thanks to Sophie Ryan for taking time out to talk to us on Run the Business this week. And a reminder from the blog that she wrote, the five parallels that she found between running a business and running a marathon were dedication, commitment, perseverance, endurance, strength, and determination. It's worth lingering on those. Dedication, commitment, perseverance, endurance, strength, and determination. Hard to disagree with that. I loved her answer to the question of inspirational people in the world of running, which reminded me of how accessible running is to most people and how It allows them to bring a better version of themselves to the world, which can directly benefit the people around them and inspire the people they engage with to make a difference as well. And and what they go on to do might not be running, but it shows that all things are possible. Sophie also reiterated the importance of good leaders, especially these days, really taking time to understand their people and the team around them. You've got to understand what makes people tick. She also reminded us of the physical benefits of running, any kind of movement, to raise your energy levels, get your circulation going, increase the endorphins in your body, and how that can help avoid slumps at certain times of the day. Flexibility in your workday really helps with that. And if you're not getting that flexibility in your workday right now, think about how you you might be able to make that happen. Even if you're not ultimately in charge of your own day at the moment, and Let's be honest, few people truly are. But what habits could you introduce to protect the things that you need? Um, Paying yourself first, as we talked about in a previous episode. It might be closer than you think if you present the right case. And presenting that case might simply be convincing yourself of the importance of that time. If you're enjoying Run the Business, then please follow, share and comment as it really helps raise our profile and helps keep things moving with future guests. We're also working on building the social profile of the content, so please follow Run the Business on Twitter and Insta and let us know what you're enjoying and what you'd like to hear more of. A quote from Sophie's blog to finish, running and business are actually paired together beautifully like cheese and crackers, like a horse and carriage. You won't be able to get that out of your head now, will you? I'm Anthony Gay, and until next time, keep running and keep chasing your goals. (laughs) 